Welcome to the Second in Command podcast, produced by the COO Alliance and brought to you by its founder, Cameron Harold. In the Second in Command podcast, we talk to top COOs who share the insights, strategies, and tactics that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Alex Kushner is the COO and co-founder at Icon Media. Alex started in production and has worked his way up in a just short eight years. During those years, Alex established himself as a powerhouse producer in meaningful education programming at companies like Cheddar, ABC, NBC, and Al Jazeera. He also produced special projects for the World Economic Forum, the 2016 DNC in Philadelphia, and the Reclaim Series campaign, which brought awareness to the world's food and fashion waste epidemics for the Huffington Post. At Icon Media, Alex continues to create conscious content that is educational and entertaining and overall making a positive impact on millions around the world. Oh yeah, and did I mention that Icon Media has a social media distribution of their videos to over 30 million people. So uh, Alex, welcome to the Second in Command podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I, um, I started this whole Second in Command podcast because I always wanted the rest of the story. And right. I was um, I was thinking about my mom and dad one day, and I thought, you know, if you ask my mom how she raised her children, she'd have a very true story. And mm-hmm. if you ask my dad how he raised the kids, it would be a very true story. They'd be completely different, and yet they raised us together. So I've always wanted to know the second-in-command's um, kind of vision on how they grew, or not the vision, but their insights on how they grew the company, and then also how you operate in that role. Absolutely. I, would you, do you want to get, give everybody a little background of, about me? I, I can do it. I can kind of tell my story a little bit. and then well, I, Yeah, I want you to tell, tell us a little bit about you, but I also before that, tell us a little bit about Icon so we understand them as well, and then go back and tell us your story. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, my business partner is a social media influencer by the name of Jay Shetty. A lot of people know him. Uh, a, gr- a great business partner and a, and a great friend. And so... Icon Media is a creative production agency uh, that creates positive impact video content. So these videos are going to, you know, leave a person in a better place. It's going to leave the environment in a better place, society in a better place, your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. Uh, and that is really the focus uh, of the, uh, and the creation. The, the reason why we created this company was we just saw that there's so many entertainment companies so many production companies, but no one really solely focused on creating good and what I call positive impact videos. Mm. Um, and that's what we do. Cool. how did you get involved? Yeah. So, uh, I guess a little bit of background about me. Uh, I studied film and digital media, uh, in college and I actually did that in my career, <laughs> which a lot of people don't do. So I guess I'm one of the more rare people coming out of school. Um, uh, I was a former athlete as well, played college, Division One college football uh, in the Big 12. Uh, I think that instilled a lot of uh, hard work, hard work and, and grit and character, uh, which I think is why I, I elevated my career pretty fast. Um, so in nine years, I worked at uh, NBC Universal, ABC Disney for Katie Couric, uh, Al Jazeera, which is to me one of the, from a journalist point of view, Al Jazeera does some of the best hard news coverage globally. It's amazing. Uh, in the world. And so a lot of a lot of chops uh, were had there, and then uh, and then I went to the Huffington Post uh, to create digital content uh, in the motivational, inspirational, positive impact space. Uh, I'll come back to that. And then uh, I lastly worked at Cheddar, which is uh, an OTT network started by John Steinberg, 
Um, he was the president of BuzzFeed um, and then started a network, uh, an OTT network, an over-the-top network. Um, and now they're now that I think they're doing traditional broadcast uh, deals as well. But um, And they just sold for about $255 million. And John did that in about four years. But I, that was the last place I was at. But um, when I was at the Huffington Post, I met Jay Shetty. And no one really knew who he was then. Maybe he had, a, you know, 20, 30,000 followers. And uh, I was brought in as a digital producer to create uh, the positive impact content in a show called, or a vertical, I should say, called HuffPost Rise. Um, and so I was a producer. Jay was a host and, um, and talent, you know, doing interviews with, you know, authors like Deepak Chopra and such. And uh, we really were just doing really great work there at HuffPost uh, in this vertical. And what we found was, this is the coolest thing, is that the vertical of positive impact, the vertical of wellness and mindfulness and consciousness started to outperform every other vertical that the Huffington Post had, whether right. it was uh, the, their news vertical, their comedy vertical, or sports or whatever. Uh, the rise was getting hundreds of millions of views in, hmm. a, in a year that we there. I alone did 150 million views uh, in the content I produced. I produced over 25 videos with a 1 million, a 1 million views or more. Um, so we were like, wow, people are really hungry, uh, especially on social media. And this, wow. is, this is before Instagram, uh, for this type of content. They, they, they haven't been fed it before, and now we're feeding it to them, and they love it. Um, and that's when we really got you know, a sense of that, and it was really cool. Um, then we kind of fast forward about a year and a half. Ariane Huffington exits the Huffington Post, starts a company called Thrive Global, which is a corporate wellness company. Jay and I both leave. I go to Cheddar. But in that journey of while I'm at Cheddar and Jay's really focused, Jay Shetty's focused on building his um, career, uh, does, does a lot of speaking, a lot of video content. Um, he meets uh, or gets introduced to an author by the name of Gabby Bernstein, New York Times bestselling author, wonderful okay. person. Uh, and she takes notice of Jay and so, seeing that Jay's growing about a million uh, followers a month organically on social media, a million, a million and a half, which is insane. Right. And basically says, Jay, I, I see you're doing some amazing things on social and your, your growth is ridiculous. Can you create a video for me? And he did. And um, the video did absolutely amazing. It did like nine or 10 million views. It, um, I think, did like 100,000 shares, which is probably the biggest uh, thing you can look at when you're looking at a social media video is, is the engagement. Um, and it grew her following, I don't even, maybe 50,000 new followers for that one video. Insane. And so what happened was that Jay reached out to me and we always, we always remained our friend, our friendship remained throughout when we weren't even working together anymore, but we would have these side projects we'd work on together and talk and how can we work together again? How can we work together again? Cause we really enjoyed it. And so, um, finally it happened. So, uh, a man by the name of Tom Bilyeu, um, one of the founders of quest nutrition, quest bars reached mm -hmm. out to Jay, Jay reached out to me and said, can you, uh, Tom said, can you create content for me for, for my Facebook page? I want to get to over a million followers. And Jay reached out to me because he's, you know, hey, dude, we work together at HuffPost. You know, you're my good friend. I know the type of producer you are. Do you want to start a company together? And I'm like, uh, sure, maybe. Sure. Like, what do you got in mind? <laughs> so we start, so we talk about it and we finally, we reach a deal with Tom and I told, and I start working on it. I'm like, I, I got to quit my job because it's just too much work to create, you know, eight videos and produce them while working a full-time job 
in field production and branded content production for another growing startup, which Cheddar was at the time. Uh, Cheddar, you know, when I, when I started, I was maybe the 40th employee. And when I left, there was maybe 120 employees. Um, and I was there for about a, uh, two years. And so I left uh, Cheddar. I, I, told, I told John and I told my direct boss that um, I'm going to leave and start my own company with Jay Shetty. And they go, are you sure? Like, you're crazy maybe a little bit. And uh, I just felt it in my heart. And that's why I taught. I just, I felt, it felt right. Like it felt good. It, like in my core, like leaving and going to do this company just felt so good. And then I lived in New York city. This is all in New York city. Right. And then Jay goes to me, uh, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to move Angeles with my wife. I go, no shit. Uh, okay. So I had, so I literally quit my job, started a company and I don't know anything about business. Uh, started a company with myself, uh, and one client and moved to Los Angeles. And that was uh, a year and a month ago. Wow, and that's that recently. A year and a month ago, and in a year and a month, we are done uh, uh, very well in revenue, multi-million in revenue. Uh, we have, between Jay's personal team and Icon team, we have 14 employees, full-time staff employees. Um, and it's been very accelerated and blessed growth. And yeah, I think that when people see that you're truly... Um, and I think when you build something for, in the foundation of it, uh, of a company to do good and to like help people, like crazy things start happening. And you know, that's the way it's been since we started the company. And yeah, I didn't really have full-time employees till about six and a half, seven months ago. And then I just started hiring, hiring and reinvesting into, into employees, uh, into gear, into technology. Um, and now finally into a sales and business development, uh, team. And nice. that's where we are today. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the foundation story of Icon Media. So what's, what's the future of Icon? Where do you think you'll be in three years? What are you building? Yeah, I think the, in the future is, is that there's always going to be this vertical within, within the company uh, that's going to create uh, social media content. I think people are always going to need great social content for uh, every single new and emerging social media platform, whether it's WhatsApp or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that vertical will always exists. I think clients will always need that type of content. Um, and I think the, what's going to happen is we're going to have uh, that area, but then we're going to have another vertical of creating uh, documentaries um, and also maybe like short form series that's going to be uh, separate of social media unless, uh, and I know that Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook has their, long format uh, genres so we can always go with them uh, or YouTube originals. Um, but yeah, I'll, moving into the Netflix, into the Amazon Prime stuff, creating documentaries. Uh, and then lastly, I, I would love to create feature length films all mm. in the educational entertainment uh, section area. Sure. Um, so that's the growth is that uh, just taking our content uh, one year at a time, one step at a time, uh, increasing production value, increasing the, the type of writing, the type of reach we can have, uh, not only on people on the you know, viral formats, but into larger formats. I think that's a big goal. Also creating brands within the company, um, creating brands that we own and operate and that build uh, a foundation uh, on their own um, in different categories, whether it's women empowerment or environment or uh, healthy eating habits and healthy food or healthy entertainment and pop culture creating those brands within Icon that we own and operate that build an organic following.
that's that's the focus. I'm curious, and I love that you mentioned how strong Al Jazeera is a few minutes ago as well. I've always loved the Al Jazeera network. I was interviewed on them uh, 10 years ago on their TV show, or their, one of their TV news shows. You talked about um, with HuffPost, the vertical of wellness was, was that biggest vertical. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that there's going to be news networks that are just purely focused on the good and stop with the whole, like, if it bleeds, it leads? I think... <clears throat> Uh, the big ones will never change. I think maybe they'll have divisions within them that will have those, but you know, the, the CNNs and the, uh, you know, Fox newses of the worlds and so forth will always have, you know, that kind of mentality. Uh, I wonder if someone will come across that can just like CNN's only 30 years old, right. Or when Ted Turner, I wonder if we're ever going to have a new network startup that could compete against them that just refuses to cover the latest hurricane and the war and whatever and the plane that crashed and the the guy that was a pervert like when people are starving for all this wellness and good news i wonder if we can ever get to that stage where we just don't need to consume that stuff absolutely it's you know before and, and jay and i and jay uses this really this analogy he told me this analogy was that you know if all you serve people is junk food that's all they're going to ever know right all they're going to know is junk That's all they crave too then. Yeah. And that's all they're going to want until you can bring in a new type of food, a healthier option. uh, They just won't know. And you need Mm -hmm. to create it. Someone needs to create it, whether it's us or someone else. If you create it and give it to them in a way that looks appetizing uh, and they start consuming it and wow, that tastes pretty good. I like that. I like that. How that made me feel. Um, it was, it was pleasurable to the eye, to the soul, to the body, to the mind. I think the mind is very powerful. Uh, then yeah, absolutely. I think it's possible. I think you just need to create something that is going to, um, feed that hunger within all of us to, you know, we're just, I think a lot of people and probably you included, it's just like, I'm just tired of watching that same nonsense every single day. Uh, I think there's a time and place for everything, but it's like, if there's an option out there where I can, I can come home, there's some like good news on because I think there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things globally um, but no one's you know packaging it the right way in, in the right formats on the right platforms and if you can do that uh, then I think that's a home run hit I think yeah you know, I, tons, I agree I think there's something tons of brands that want to get involved there's tons of people that want to get involved I think the energy you create from it is just going to be something really um, it's going to be really positive and it's just going to, it's going to help people and it's going to change. It's going to make what I do making positive impact content, pop culture. Right. And I think that's, I think we're seeing it in pop culture now where there's this huge, as you've pointed out, that genre that is so powerful and so strong and growing so quickly. I think there's definitely, it's, it's proving there's a market for it. Now it's almost like people have got to take a swing at it. Talk to me a little bit about some of the experience that you pulled over the years that's, that's helping you in the COO role. And then, and you're, you're also co-founder of this. So are you operating partially as the entrepreneur and partially as the COO as well? Or are you really more the second in command to, you know, the visionary on this? Yeah, this is, so this is where I'm all new because I'm a, I'm a definitely a creative mind. So, you know, I, I said earlier that I, I was a film major, film major and digital media major. So I always had the creative mindset and I've been fortunate enough to have Jay, who's creative, but also business savvy uh, and understands really that um, side of side of things and helping me in my decision making. And I, I really am the COO, but making the day to day decisions. Uh, you know, I'm here every day at the office working with all of our great employees. And I think 
the biggest thing uh, as an athlete, I've always kind of been uh, that natural leader, you know, I was always the captains of the teams, even amongst my friends group, I was the old, always the guy having, having to organize and make the decisions. It's kind of the natural way and organic way that my life has gone that route. And obviously always learning and asking a lot of questions into things I don't know. Um, being kind to people, as simple as that may sound, uh, I never really went into a job with an ego from the first job to the last job when I knew more. Uh, I think the nine years I had as a producer, having that skill set of knowing traditional broadcasts, digital content, OTT, uh, pre-production, production, post-production, post -production, how that workflow works, uh, how, what pricing looks like when you're hiring uh, a director of photography or a gaffer or a sound engineer or an editor, right? Knowing all these different things allowed me to start this company because I knew how much those things would cost. I knew how much production. Where, where Jay really came in and helped a lot is uh, the growth strategy and the direction and or the pivoting of where we need to focus um, the company growth in the, in the direction. So it's been that balance in like, you know, having a business partner that you can rely on, have super open communication with. We literally talk about anything and everything. If I screw up, I, I, I'm not, I don't have like an ego. So I'm like, dude, I messed that up. I, I didn't make the deal. The deal I made wasn't the right deal or this or that. And, and he, and vice versa, he'll still be the first to admit if he uh, made a mistake as well, or, or like, damn, I forgot that. And it's just having that really raw open communication with your business partner is so important. Um, and I think what's, what's added to a lot of growth and just openness of, as a company. You, uh, you're also playing the, the second in command to a fairly yeah. strong, a fairly strong personality and a fairly strong, uh, visible leader, right? You're, yeah. I, when I was building 1-800-GOT-JUNK, everyone knew Brian and not many kind of knew me as the COO. And it was, do you find it hard at times to see them there? Um, you know, no, totally. I am, you know, the CEO and the, the second in command because Jay's really making the, the top level decisions, but I'm always there learning and talking with him. And he is, you know, he's got 35 million followers on social media and I, I may have a thousand. I don't know how many. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Very inactive actually on social media. It's just the way I choose to run my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, but, but in real life, like people are like, you're so sociable. You're so talkative. You're like, you know, at a party, I'm the one who's like talking to everybody, entertaining people where Jay is probably more, a little more reserved. It's just that he's out um, with a lot of fans and a lot of, uh, you know, the things he does on social and the content he's creating and all the amazing things he does. Um, so it's like we kind of balance in the real world. We balance each other out real well to like, you know, the the social networking world of things. Sure. Um, so it is a balance. But I just I've always had a big personality and just been that way. So. If I have something to say, I'm just going to say it. And if he has something to say, he's going to say it. And then it's like, all right, go execute on it. And it's done. But it's never been uh, a thing where I felt like, you know, uh, I felt less or not as equal. It's always been this like very, we're on the same page, on the same level. It's open and honest. And like, we just talk about it and hash things out and, and create things. And, you know, whenever we come up with something new, it's, you know, both of us need, it's got to be 50-50. It's not like... Yeah. You know, it's not you're you're 80 and I'm 20. It's never that. Well, it's interesting. I think the COO's job is to make the CEO iconic as well. That that is something that the the community has always kind of looked to the CEO, and our job is to make them iconic. And then their job is behind the scenes to ensure that we've got 
everyone understanding that we have to make the tough decisions and we're still an amazing person. It's like, no, no, come on. You know, Alex is amazing. He's not an asshole. He just, (laughs) yes, he had to fire two people, but it's, you know, I would have done the same. Like their job is to really keep us propped up internally and our job is to prop them up externally too. Absolutely. Yeah. You ever argue? We don't know. We don't really argue. Uh, surprisingly, we debate. Uh, we debate. Yeah, I would say we debate. We we don't. It never comes from like this this negative place. It's always like, all right, let's talk about it. And like, we never raise our voices. Uh, it helps that Jay meditates two hours every single day, every single morning. And I'm pretty. I'm a pretty calm person. I'm, like I'm just. I like to be happy and joyful. I go to nature a lot and meditate in nature. So we always kind of come from this place. Like, yeah, we get frustrated and maybe a little angry, but then it's like, okay, let's breathe. Let's think about it. Okay, how can we solve this issue? Like when you come from a place like that's like that, you can solve a lot of issues a lot quicker yeah. and, and, in a, and in a better way, in a more efficient way. When you're like, like this, it's like two hard objects coming. This is all that's happening. Except right. when you're like when it's like water and you can converge and can combine, uh, you just get so much more done and it's, it's, it's simple to me, but I know that's not true in a lot of cases, but. Well, it sounds like you guys are very aligned with what your core purpose and your mission is or a core purpose and vision of what you're building as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's really important. And, and having an open communication on when someone's thinking something else. Uh, and that's definitely happened between Jay and I. It's like, oh man, you were thinking that? And I was like, I wasn't thinking that way, but now that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, like that, let's, let's start integrating that idea or that thought or the way we're pitching something uh, or developing something or just thinking about the way we're operating. Um, when, you, when one of us explains it to each other and it makes sense or we debate it, be like, oh yeah, that's cool, but what if we did it this way? It's just open and honest communication about what we're thinking and feeling and um, about whatever it is within the company. Mm. I love that you mentioned earlier that you were kind of always the captain of the teams and a bit of a natural leader. I was telling someone the other day that when we're recruiting and interviewing people, we need to look for those early stage leadership traits or early stage leadership moments. He goes, well, people, you know, aren't going to know if they're a good leader until they're in their thirties. I'm like, no, like I was like the top cub or the top guy at the church or the top, whatever, like captains, like you can, you see leaders in very, very young stages of people's lives. Do you guys look for leadership at this early stage or what are you looking for in the behavioral traits of people you're hiring now? Not the skills, but the actual behavior traits. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things when uh, we started hiring uh, full-time staff employees is, uh, you know, the culture we wanted to build here was um, always a place that I wanted people to come into every day where they felt comfortable, they were happy. I think anytime you have a startup, it's going to be somewhat stressful and it's going to be hard work. I think that's just, you got to know that coming in. Um, because it is a lot of work to have to start a company out of nothing and then develop it, build it and have continued positive revenue. Um, that's just going to be stressful and going to be hard work, even though it comes from a place of good and we make great content that helps people. That's going to happen. When I hire these people, I really, and I'm pretty aware and conscious, I would say of people's energy and kind of the way that they present themselves, the way they speak. Uh, just how they feel like, I don't know, it's, it's almost sometimes hard to describe, but like, yeah, it's really how they feel when you're having a conversation with them, you're sitting next to them side by side, uh, and you're looking into, into their eyes, and they're looking to your, their, your eyes, not in a romantic way, but just like, like really understanding where they're coming from, like, 
they're smart, they're knowledgeable, but like they're good people. I think yeah. even like good people that want to work really hard for you. And I had one of my employees, she, most, I would say 90% of my employees have come from either big companies, big production companies, uh, you know, fortune 500 companies that just get burnt out. They're like, I'm tired of this grind. I'm tired of that, the energy that that office has. Um, and she said she, she went to New Zealand uh, for two weeks and she came back. She was like, I was like really excited to come back to work. And I've never felt that way in my, you know, 12 year career. And I was like, well, that's awesome. Like, that's what kind of place I wanted to provide you with to come to every day that people that you like, you enjoy your job. Uh, it's something new and different. Um, it's going to be hard work, which I think excites people. I think if you're totally uh, good at what you do, like you kind of like that. You're like, I like the challenge. Yeah, uh, a players, a players want hard work. B, you know, C players run away from it, but a players, that's what they're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And figuring it out. It's like, let's figure this out. And like, how do we, you know, get better at what we do every day and help each other. And yeah, it's like an, it's like an athlete. You're not going to go to, you know, if you're an athlete, you don't go to the gym and fluff your workout. Like you go and you want to get sweaty and you want to work hard and you want the muscle get, yeah. and then you leave and you go, that was awesome. But like a, you know, a couch potato goes in and they're like, I'll get on the bike for 30 minutes and <laughs> I'll read, read my book while I'm there. That's not a workout. Like you might as well stay in bed. Yeah, um, exactly. Are, are your employees remote? Are they all kind of out of one location or do you have a bit of a blend? Right now. So when I in the beginning, I wanted to build the company where everyone is here in a physical office where we're located in West Hollywood at the Pacific Design Center um, in this beautiful building. We wanted uh, a we wanted a beautiful office because we wanted people to come to a place that they felt good that felt good in general right mm -hmm. that's just how we were personally i don't think every company needs to be that way it really depends on the company and what they do um we're really hands-on because it is a creative production agency where uh we have producer writers we have editors uh we have social media experts uh we now are adding our sales division um so everyone is in-house at the office they come in every day unless they're out filming or doing their thing sure um, and then we also have have Jay's team uh, working on all of Jay's podcast stuff and his videos and all that kind of stuff um so yeah I wanted that internally I, I will say though um like I I have some great sales people that I know that live in New York or that live in Texas and that's where their families are and I like I get they're not all going to move to LA for this job but uh, I wanted the person who's going to develop our our sales division, our business development division, to be internal because I'm going to work really close with them. Yeah, and they, you want your core to be close to you. Yeah, the core to be close. And then I said, once that once that's established and we get something running and generating, and then I can have people work like the salespeople. I I would love to have two people dedicated in New York City to take meetings. I think sure. that's important to have people in New York and Los Angeles. Um, have them come and train for a week or two, and then all they do is work remote in New York. I think that's, it really depends on what you're doing. I, I, I know I have a cousin who um, owns a communications company, a technology company, um, and a lot of his employees are, are remote because they, he doesn't need them in the office every day. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on what you're doing. Yeah, I still grapple with that. I mean, my my whole team is remote. Um, a few of them happen to be from the same city, but they're remote. In fact, we're running an event. We run the only network of its kind in the world for second in commands uh, called the COO Alliance. And my team's actually flying in today and tomorrow because we're having an event here in Vancouver this week. 
And one of the guys, I didn't even know, I thought he lived in Texas. Turns out he lives in like Virginia. I'm like, shit. Because <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really yeah. matter, right? But, but there is a bit no of yeah, but my in my prior worlds, all of it was was that culture. So it's interesting. How do you build that cult, that culture like environment when you're are are remote? So it's cool that yeah. you guys are trying to to stay uh, as with the core for now. Yeah, uh, this is a bit of a selfish question. Um, can you give us kind of the top three tips to have great engaging social media video content? You know, anybody listening that does, and and maybe we've got a thousand followers or ten thousand followers or whatever. Or we or we're doing it to our employees uh, or our customers. How do we create great engaging content? Absolutely, yeah. I get I get this question a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think the number one thing, uh, especially for what we do, is story. So mm. thinking about even if it's a company, a personal brand, a product, like what is the story behind that? Mm. Is it emotional? Is it power? Is it powerful? How does it make? the audience feel after they watch that piece of video are they crying are they laughing um think like thinking about those things what kind of emotion are you developing because if it's going to make you emotional chances are it's probably going to make the people watching it emotional so i would say that's probably the number one thing to me is is what's the freaking story man um tell me about that tell me about the characters like i think i, I started doing this with a lot of my writers and and producers is that when we um, introduce a character uh, into a story, say it's a recreation of, a, of an event, I go, what's that person's backstory? I know the audience will never know it, but I said, you should know what their backstory, why are they feeling that way? Oh, it's because their father was an alcoholic and blah, blah. I'm like, there you go, now you're creating a character. You know it, but now we need, we don't necessarily need the audience to know that, but we need to know that because it's gonna make uh, that character uh, a, the actor perform better, and also B, it's going to add a lot more to the actual, the reasoning behind the story in general. Like thinking like stuff like that is, is, is really important to me and it helps a lot. Production value is, is one of those things where it's, the, you don't need to create really high end production in, in order to have something super engaging on social media. Cause I've, I've done Skype interviews. Like I interviewed the person on Skype and then I took already shot b-roll of whatever it was and cut it all together and i made the opening of the video very powerful and engaging with a great headline and the video does uh you know 10 million views and oh. does 250,000 shares um so the production value doesn't necessarily correlate with engagement that's not true yeah. um now i will say this that if you do have higher produced video content um that is that still it looks really good it could be like oh my like i could like that was shot really well it was cut really well it was edited really well that will give you more value added because then you, what you can do with that is a not only post it on social media and platforms like that but you can use the video say you have a new book coming out um and you you're trying to get on more podcasts. You're, you want to go on the Today Show. You want to go on so and so, and people want to know like what you're all about or what the book's all about. And if you have some really high end content that you can show off what you're about, what the book's about, and, yeah, and you true. send it to them, yeah. then they're like, "Oh shit, I get it. That's really damn good." So right. see, there's so you got to have that fair balance of of high end production value, uh, emotion, storytelling. Um, and then high engagement at the top, or I would say getting the audience engaged at the top 
of whatever you're creating is, is, the, is the third, and I kind of mentioned it in there, but at the very top of your video, uh, in the, literally the first three or four seconds, you need to grab audience attention by saying something profound or seeing something profound. Because we all know people freaking click through their stories and click through their feeds. And there's a lot of people, young and old, uh, you know, my dad's on social media, he's 61. And then I have cousins who are 13 on the same platform or different sure. platform. <laughs> and um, their attention spans are short, you know? They'll look at something and they're like, oh, like, I'll click on it. Titles are very important. So I said, those, those are kind of my, my biggest yeah. ones. That's interesting. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, I just I did a uh, quick Facebook Live before I hopped on. I was just having this really kind of raw moment. I dropped my uh, my oldest son off at university yesterday for his first year at university, and he's nice. Checked him into, moved him into residence, and got his room all set up with him. And it's fucking hard, man. Like he's a a kid who, um, you know, I've worked my whole life to get him up and out the door, and now I'm like, when are you coming home? <laughs> when am I going to see you? Right. Uh, I ended up. I ended up kind of with tears in my eyes at the end of the video, just talking and I was just sharing what it felt like as a parent to be doing that kind of stuff. And yeah. Um, and that's real. Yeah. And that's just like real yeah. authenticity, which I think everyone appreciates and it's captured so well on camera. Like people really, it's hard to fake, uh, you know, your emotion on camera and people pick that up right away. Yeah, I think those ones, those ones are almost easier to do raw when you're just sitting on the couch sharing a moment. The hard ones to do are the ones that Jay does, which are more the positive and uplifting and motivational. Right. Like, how do you pull that energy and that lighting and that, um, and that story? And, and uh, yeah, that's cool. How about some struggles? Where have, where have you struggled in your career as a, as a COO or coming into this business as a COO? Yeah, I think the, the biggest struggles, I mean, really hiring great salespeople, man. Um, because we are a company that does come from this positive space. And I like, I don't want just people coming in for the money, even though I was like, abundance will come, like abundance will come. It's going to happen. Um, and then also making sure we're working with, uh, people and businesses that are also aligned with what we stand for. Um, at some level, I mean, I'm, you know, we haven't worked yet with a really large scale company because I think we're still so new. Um, like, a, let's say like a Johnson and Johnson, right? It's like, I know that not everything they do is going to align exactly with what we stand for. At the same time, where's that give and take of like, okay, yeah, I'd love to work on this project uh, about gender equality with Johnson and Johnson. Like they're doing a huge campaign about it. Uh, I think that is something that I'd be attracted to um so it's just making sure like a finding the right people that's been a, that's been a hard thing is finding the right people in a certain area of a company that you still want to be like really good people and it not being about you know just one part of it i think you know that's really hard that's been hard and i finally found that person which i'm really excited for um that's going to be starting in the next couple weeks um and then the other pain point is is yeah just finding people and companies that are also aligned with us and i think that's that's starting to shift uh, a lot of people, especially brands, need to know that consumers are really conscious and aware of uh, where their brand, the brand aligns, uh, either with the environment, how products are made, how, who they are, what they stand for, uh, the social causes that they align with. Uh, brands need to think about that. Uh, people pay attention. People want to know. Um, so I think that's been a big shift. So that's been exciting. But 
Yeah, that, that would say the, the biggest pain points and just, you know, continuously making sure that you're executing on a high level. You know, you're going to, and this is, you know, I have uh, friends who are entrepreneurs as businessmen and women, you know, they're, you know, two year, year, I'm, I'm like a full year into the company. I started it literally in my apartment. And now we have, you know, like I said, 14 employees. And I think this is when you start like, you know, you get like, you get hit a little bit, right? You're getting, you're getting knocked yep. around a little bit. You got to, you just got to like, you're going to take punches. Like it's just going to happen. Like that's life. Like shit freaking happens. And, uh, you can either be like, Oh shit, man, this is really tough. And it's going to be hard. Cause it is, it's like, there's really hard weeks where you're like, damn, like, I just want to like go back to the easy job. Can I just work for, you know, the cheddar and for that just sold that right. has 150 million and have a nice cushy job. Cause yeah, that shit's easy um, compared to starting your own company. But then it's like, I love this and I know what it can be and I know what can, what it can become. And like, that's so much more fulfilling. So you just gotta like, you know, put your, you know, big boy pants on and like take the freaking punches and stand back up and get back up. And like, you know, when you're being honest with people and raw with them, like, they can feel your passion and you're like, Oh shit, this guy's pretty damn passionate about this. What, what punches have you taken? Where have you really gotten hit? I think it's learn? just, you know, when, when we're executing, cause we're so used to executing on such no, a, give, give me a specific, give me a specific example. Yeah, of It's like, you know, a client comes to us and you know, a, a video didn't reach, you know, a million views. Right. Which is like really hard to do, but we've yeah. just executed on such a high level. Uh, of doing that, like to me, like 400,000 views is like good, right? Which is like kind of yeah. crazy to think about. And it's like when we don't execute on that high level, like I think people or a client, a partner um, might be like, what happened to this video? And then it's kind of been the biggest thing is like people, and, and it's probably on me of like really getting them to understand like the value of what we're providing them with, with all the production, all the storyboarding, all the writing, all this. And them coming like, oh, we're like, I don't know if I'm like really happy. Like, what was the value in like you creating, let's say, four videos? Uh, but I'm like, you gained 50,000 followers from four videos. Like, I mean, that's huge, man. Like, and so it's, it's like, well, well so and so got 400,000 followers from eight videos. And I'm like, dude, that's like really hard to do. And I'm like, and I'm sorry that you didn't feel that way. So I think those are just some of the the biggest thing is, is like, sometimes it's on you, especially when you're starting because yeah. you execute on a high level. It's like when you, I don't know if you ever, like, it's like you executed on such a high level. And then like the other, like three people were like here, but in reality, it's like still really good. And you just gave them such like, not, not promises, but just like show them like what is possible. And you didn't quite get there. And it's like, Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote one of my most recent books is called free PR. And I taught people the secrets on how to generate really large scale free publicity. And, you know, we were on Oprah uh, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We had about a six minute piece on Oprah. We, we landed 5,200 individual stories about our company and in, in six years. And that was before Facebook existed. So we had nowhere to amplify it. We couldn't even share the stories, but they're like, well, you're on Oprah. That must've blown the doors off. I'm like, no, not really. Um, you know, the phone rang for 24 hours and then it stopped like every other day. But so to teach people, how do you, you know, it's about managing those expectations and then how to, how to deal with it. I think it's a critical lesson for sure. All right. Lean back. If you were to go back to the 21 year old Alex Kirshner, who's starting off in his job or starting off in his career, you know, maybe 22, you're just finishing college. What advice would you give yourself that you now know to be true? 
I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good. Um, I would say, and I think this is probably one of the, the things that a lot of young, hungry people uh, that are passionate about whatever it is they're doing, um, be patient because mm -hmm. time flies by so freaking fast. Um, you know, I remember when I was, yeah, 20, 22, I think when I graduated college and you got to be humble, like know that like there's a lot of really smart people that have done it before you and they're all, they want to help you. Like they really want to help you and listen to them, um, learn from them, be patient. Cause I know, dude, you're going to want to crush it and like, I want to be a millionaire and I want to be successful and I want to do this and I want to do that. It's like, that's going to come like I'm 31. I'll be 32 at the end of this month. I'm not that old. And like in nine years, like you can have your own company and you can do whatever the hell you want, but just like put in the groundwork and become an expert at what you do. And then you can just talk about it like so clearly. And people are like, okay, like he worked for some really big companies and did some really cool shit. He's done hundreds of millions into the almost billions of views, actually into the billions of views on social media with the content he's done. Like, I put in some work, man, like yeah. the groundwork. So it's like, that's the biggest thing I think with people coming out of school is, or, or not just like work in the industry. You want to like develop and thrive and learn, uh, develop your skill set in different areas. Like I'm developing mine in business now. I, I never, like I said, I never studied business before, but I'm definitely getting better at that and, uh, and how to operate and manage teams and, and people and so forth. So that'll be my biggest thing is just, you know, be humble, awesome. be hungry and educate yourself. And, and, and be patient. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know who it is that said this quote first, but um, I've always said it takes a long time to get to the night before you become the overnight success story. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's good. And because, because, you know, you've put in the nine years to become the success. So Alex Kushner, the second in command COO with icon media and co-founder. Thanks for sharing with us on the second in command podcast. Oh, no, thanks for having me. This was fun. And uh, yeah, I hope I, I hope I did a good job of uh, explaining every question that you had asked me. <laughs> You're good, man. Thank you. You've been listening to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance founder Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe. For more best practices from industry-leading COOs, visit COOalliance.com.